This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Do pray for these young people as they're going out on these last two weeks. I was thinking you know that they collectively are walking over 20,000 miles during this summer. That's a lot of miles. And they're walking and they're searching, they're looking for needles in the haystack, but they're not giving up. And it's a tough, tough work, but these kids, hats off to them. Praise the Lord for their endurance, for their desire to go out and serve the Lord and find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. God never said it was going to be easy. If we read in the first two, first few chapters there of Ezekiel, God prepared Ezekiel, and he said to Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, I just wanted to kind of clue you in here that um, if I had sent you to a people of a strange language, in other words, not Hebrew, you would be an absolute success. You would be successful but great news, Ezekiel, I'm sending you to your own people. You're going to be a failure, an absolute failure, because they're rebellious. They're rebellious. And then he said, uh, he said, but let me explain to you what the game's going to be. He says to Ezekiel, I'm going to make your forehead stronger than their forehead. Okay, you said that to a goat. <laughs> I'm going to make your forehead stronger than his forehead. The goat would understand. We're going to be button heads. And that's exactly what he meant. But he said, they have to go. They have to hear. You have to go. And he did, and he was faithful. And praise God. And, and these kids have got the same Ezekiel calling that he had. And they're experiencing the same thing. And God's strengthening them for these 60 days of really, really tough work. But you know what? It's God's seed. And that seed's got a promise attached to it. It won't come back void. Oh, praise the Lord for each one of them. All right, let's pray. Father, do now speak to our hearts. Prepare us now as we see, again, your wonderful hand in history. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus, Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to really look at here a very remarkable 
history because of who we're talking about. We're talking about Moses. Exodus 2, chapter 2, verse 1. Please follow along. There went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's ed brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, which, by the way, is the title of this message, the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. What an amazing history this is. This is the birth of Moses. We're talking about Moses here. This is Moses, the liberator of the Jewish people. No Moses, no Jewish people. This is Moses the world's lawgiver. This is Moses, the prophet, who wrote the first five books of the Bible. This is Moses, the priest, who saved Israel on many occasions from God's judgment because of their sin. This is Moses, the king, who led the Jewish people for 40 years through the desert. This is Moses, the great teacher, our great teacher, or as the Jewish people commonly refer to him, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher. Moses, who apart from the Lord Jesus, is without doubt the most important person in history. And this is the history of the saving of the baby Moses, which is so important. Why? Because the eternal salvation of man is hinging on, this ba- on the saving of this three-month-old baby. Because if there's no Moses, there's going to be no stop to the systematic extermination of the Jewish people that was happening at that time. And if the Jewish people were exterminated, then there would be no coming of the Messiah, the Savior of man, the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised one who had come through. God promised, God said, it must be that he will come through the Jewish people. So in these 10 verses that we've just looked at here hangs the salvation of man, the salvation of man. As we look at this history, we see the important characters now 
taking their place on this important stage of history. The first character, who apart from Moses, is the only man. Not much is said about him, except that he took a wife and had a baby. That's what men do. That's it. And, but but this, is a, this is really a history of women, courageous women, wonderful women in this history, brave women, women of faith, women of hope. They are the heroines of this chapter, of this passage here. It's the women. The second, the second character is a woman from the tribe of Levi who gives birth to a newborn boy who is the third character, Moses, and he has a sister who's the fourth character, and then there is the daughter of Pharaoh, the princess, the fifth character, and then there is the maid, the sixth character. She retrieves Moses from the river. That's it. Moses and five other very important characters in this account and each pair, each character, each person playing a vital role in this history of the birth and the saving of baby Moses, who's going to be the savior of the Jewish people, who will bring into the world, the Jewish people will then bring into the world the savior of the world. So that's what we have here. We have a stage set with the father, with the mother, the sister, the princess, and her maid. So tell me now. Look at these 10 verses. Look at them very carefully. And let me ask you the question from these 10 verses, what's the name of the mother? Let me ask you from these 10 verses, what's the name of her husband? What's the name of this baby sister? What's the name of the princess? So important people. What's the name of the maid of of Pharaoh there, Pharaoh's daughter? None of the names are here. There's no names. It's only a man, it's a woman, it's a maid, it's a sister. Why? Why is there no names given to such important characters in such a vital point of history here? Because there's only one more person who is central, who is the most important in this history, and he stands behind the drape, behind the veil. He's controlling everything. He's so important in this history that none of the other characters should detract from him with their names in this scene. And their names are all hidden in the shadows. Their names are all hidden from our view because the most important person in this history is God. He is the great sovereign God, Jehovah Jesus. He's the one. He's the orchestrator. He's the one who's behind everything here. He deserves all the credit. He deserves all the glory for the saving of baby Moses. So the other five characters are nameless to keep them in the shadows so that we only see Jesus. We only see Jehovah Jesus. We only see him alone here. It shows us the mere absence of their name. It shows us the importance for us to keep ourselves in the shadow so that the Lord Jesus Christ gets all the glory. We could say, Psalm 115, verse 1, Psalm 115, verse 1, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Apply it to this passage here in Exodus 2 and say, not unto these five characters, O Lord, not unto them, but unto thy name give glory. So what we see here, is God saying in Isaiah 48.1, Isaiah 48.1, how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory to another. 
if we give glory here to the mother, to the father, to the sister of baby Moses, the princess, the maid, we're going to pollute the name of God. We're going to dilute the name of God. So when we get, to, when we see this history here, we only see God. He's getting all the glory. He's saving baby Moses here. This is a history of the working of the Spirit of God. The same Spirit of God who's, who's called, in other places, the Spirit of Christ. Where, and, we, and we first saw the Spirit of God in the second verse in the Bible. And wherever there's a first mention, uh, it's very, very important. It sets, the sta- it sets the pattern. And in the second verse in the Bible, Genesis 1 verse 2, Genesis 1 verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters. That word moved is very important. Rachefed, rachaf. It's, it's the, it, the, the word for move is so important here about the Spirit of God because that Hebrew word means hover, hover over. That word is used for a bird that broods over her chicks, over her baby birds, over the young. That word is used for a bird that's fluttering her wings with concern and care over the young. What do you see when you see a bird who's hovering, who's brooding, who's fluttering the wings? You see a deep concern, a deep concern on the part of the bird. That's the description of the Spirit of God. He hovers, he broods, he flutters with deep concern. And that's what he's doing in our history here. That's what he does in our lives. That's what we pray for him to do. When we pray, for these Jewish people that, that they've asked prayer for, we pray, oh, Spirit of God, hover. Spirit of God, flutter. Spirit of God, brood over that person. And in every stage of this saving of baby Moses, we see rachaf. We see the rachaf of, of the Spirit of, of the Holy Spirit as he's hovering, as he's brooding, as he's fluttering over baby Moses at every stage, protecting him. Verses 1 and 2 tell us that both of the parents of Moses were from the house of Levi. They were from Levi. Last week we saw from Genesis 49 that uh, not so great things about Levi when Jacob came in to give the final blessing. He cursed their anger. He said in Genesis 49.5, Genesis 49.5, Jacob said, Jacob the prophet then said, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. You remember, he said, oh, my soul, come not near unto their habitation. And then he said in Genesis 49, 7, Genesis 49, 7, cursed be their anger, for it was fierce in their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. What grace of God that now he should use the house of Levi to bring Moses into the world. Well, the timing of Moses' birth is so significant because it was at a time of the greatest brutality against the Jewish people when all the male children, all the male babies were being killed. And the Egyptians at this time, they were searching from house to house. As they searched, they listened very carefully. Nobody make a word as we walk through this, 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 this little street here, listening for the faint cry of a baby so they could kill him. 
And it was a time in Israel's history when Isaiah, when Hosea, when Hosea described in these words, Hosea 9.13, Hosea 9.13, Ephraim shall bring forth his children to the murderer. And that's the way they felt. Why am I having babies? Because my, any male baby is being brought forth to the murderer. That's how they felt. They were bringing forth their children to the Egyptian, Egyptians to murder. No hour was darker for the Jewish people. And Stephen captures that thought and uses it in, in, in his last words before he was martyred in Acts 7, verse 18. Acts 7, verse 18, when Stephen said, speaking about the Pharaoh in Egypt, he said, another king arose which knew not Joseph, the same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. Now that's the scene, and then, and then Stephen goes on in the next verse, verse 20, 20 Acts 7.20. He says, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. It was in which time Moses was born, just at the time at the, of the greatest trouble for Israel, Moses was born, just at that time. Just when Satan was projecting the final solution, the ultimate extermination of the Jewish people, God was preparing their rescue. Just when Satan was projecting the end of the Lord Jesus on the cross, God was preparing for his resurrection. Just when Satan was projecting our ultimate destruction, God was preparing for our salvation. Now this baby is born, and the mother sees something very unique about her baby. He's not like other babies. We see the mother seeing something very special. It's, I mean, you'd think to yourself, is that really unusual that every Jewish mother should think that their baby is the most special one ever born? But in this case, we're not exactly told what, what it was that she, she, she saw, but she saw something. She says she saw it was goodly and you know, good, good-looking, handsome, cute. I don't know, babies. But, um, but, but, but she, she knew that, that, that God had some special purpose in this, in this child. And so it seems she can't describe it but she sees in her baby, and Scripture uses these very vague words to describe what she saw. But in verse 2, she saw that he was a goodly child. Stephen, in his last words, said, as I mentioned in Acts 7.20, Acts 7.20, which time Moses was born, was exceeding fair. What do these descriptions mean? He was good child, he was a goodly child, he was exceeding fair. It's hard to imagine, you know, one baby's cuter than another, I don't know. But there's something she recognized. And, 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 we're, and we're kind of at a loss right now to, to explain what it is. We'll get to heaven and we'll ask her. But as the baby lay there on her breast, she saw something that made her decide, it's worth risking my life for this child. It's worth me risking my life to hide him and not to comply with the king's decree that all male children, Hebrew children, should be, should be killed. And the book of Hebrews goes on and comments about her decision, and it tells us what was really happening when the parents decided to risk their lives, because it says in Hebrews eleven twenty three, Hebrews eleven twenty three, 
It was a matter of by faith. Moses, when he was born, would hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. Now we see that the hiding of Moses, it went beyond just natural love. It went beyond like, oh, my baby, I'm not going to let my baby die. It went beyond that. It, and because she, it was a matter of faith. It wasn't a faith that dictated to God. God, you must save my baby. I have faith in you that you can do what I tell you to do. It was the other way around. And she shared this belief that in the promise that God gave to Abraham that Israel will live. Live, Israel, live. And not, don't die. And Pharaoh could not stop God from delivering Israel. And, and, and so, so this was a faith that was tested by time. By time, as all faith is tested by time. That's what tests faith, time. Because it, the time she kept three months, then we know the rest of the story. But really, until he emerges, when does he emerge as the Savior? Well, he tries to 40 years later. That's a failure. And then it's another 40 years. It's 80 years. 80 years go by for the test of faith. But here we see this brave woman, Moses' mother. Oh, how brave she was in to take that decision to hide baby Moses. She's caught, she would have been killed. And she knew that, but she takes the decision, and, they, and even in the midst of they're constantly searching for the baby boys to kill them. And, and, and you don't know who you can trust. You don't know who you can trust. You can't trust everybody. You might be betrayed Someone might want to gain some favor with the Egyptians. You could be betrayed. But his mother took the position, this position, if I don't risk anything, nothing will happen. That's for sure. And that's true. If I don't take this risk, nothing will happen. So it's important that I take the risk to hide him. You know who she's just like? Esther, another brave woman, Esther who in order to save her people decided to take the risk and go into the king, the king who killed anyone who came into him unannounced. But Esther also knew if she didn't do anything, nothing would happen. And so she said to Mordecai in Esther 4.16, Esther 4.16, she said, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, that's the palace, fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, day, night and day, I also and my maids will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Whoa, what a statement. Hadassah is her name, her Hebrew name, Hadassah. If I perish, I perish. When the, when the state of Israel was formed, when the state of Israel was formed, and they had a, a kind of an underground uh, organization of women who risked their lives by making relationships with the, with, the, with the Arabs and so forth like that, love relationships. But they risked their lives to gather information, to find out where the attacks were going to come in Israel, to find out where the ammunition was stored, to find out where the, where the planes were. And do you know what they called that organization? Hadassah, after Esther. Because Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And that was the oath that the Jewish women took at that time when they joined. Beautiful Jewish women who went out and, and purposely developed relationships. And they took that oath. If I perish, I perish. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.